I like to do these a few times a year where I release a throwback, an older episode that I think would be really fun for the fans to revisit, especially with a new whole crop of listeners. Uh, today, we are releasing uh, a special episode, uh, episode 42, Dead Rising with Patrick Ellers. Now, we're doing this for mine over the last couple of years. Uh, he is a wonderful co-host of the podcast Nintendo Cartridge Society that releases every Tuesday and Thursday. It's a Nintendo-focused podcast with a news episode every week and then a topic episode on that Thursday of the week. Uh, he co-hosts it with uh, Mark Mitchell, who's also a gosh dang delight and former guest of this show. But yeah, um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Please give Patrick and Mark's uh, podcast, again, Nintendo Cartridge Society, a listen because it is one that is, is just fantastic, especially if you're a Nintendo fan like myself. So please enjoy this episode. Uh, again, a throwback all the way to October, I want to say, of uh, 2020. Uh, and please uh, go ahead and wish my buddy Patrick a happy birthday. And I'll even lo- show you how easy it is by doing it right now. Patrick, happy birthday. See, not so hard, right, listener? Enjoy. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Uh, This is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, talk to someone about a video game that is special to them and why. We'll talk as much about what made playing the game special to them, what they love about it, but also what was interesting about the context of how they fell in love with it for the first time, hence the show name. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping before we get fully revved up and started. I've just got the car running outside. We're still loading up the uh, suitcases and stuff because apparently I guess we're going on a vacation in this bit now. Um, but you can visit our website at callmebyyourgame.com to learn more about the show and uh, just have fun out there. It's pretty boring, but you might enjoy it. You can email us uh, with questions, uh, with suggestions. If you happen to love something about this game or want to share really anything, uh, we're reachable at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And then uh, if you want to support the show, you got a few ways you can do that. Of course, if you're a listener, chances are you've uh, rated and reviewed us at the Apple Podcast Store, but if you haven't, that would be wonderful. Uh, that helps our visibility. We always want more people listening to the show, and uh, so yeah, share something you like. You can also share the show with a friend, especially if the game we're talking about today is uh, one that they love. Uh, and then lastly, you can check out our Patreon. If you listen to the show, you've heard me talk about it a bunch. Uh, it We're a part of a little network, and by a part, I mean we created it and it's just our little thing uh, but it feels special when you call, say it's a part of something this it's uh, of course super npc radio uh and we're reachable at patreon.com slash super npc radio uh we do a lot of fun stuff there is a full call me by your game uh deep dive episode monthly we just released our final fantasy 10 episode 
coming up next will I guess I haven't announced that yet, but I'll just say it now it'll be Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. So uh look forward to that. Um but that's the end of the housekeeping. I'll tell you more about it later when we end the show. But now I'll finally give my voice some uh, time off and introduce our guest for the day. So please, welcome to the show, Mario Lover, NCS brother, and when Bowser spits fire, he's sure to take cover. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Ellers, welcome to the show. Thank you, Connor. Thank you. What an introduction. Uh, I do frequently take cover when Bowser spits fire. It's true. I can't. uh, It's too hot. Yeah, don't be a hero. handle it. No, come on. No one wants that. Yeah, maybe. I'm behind a block. Maybe a side flip like over his flame, but like definitely not going yeah. right at it. I mean, it depends on what the context is. Do I need to do that like backwards cartwheel thing so I can get behind him and grab his tail, throw him yes. into a mine that's floating out in like the nether yes. reaches of space beyond uh, <laughs> our stone tablet that we're doing battle on? Sure, that I will do, obviously. There we go. Well, I'm glad that I got that part right about you. <laughs> uh, I, I had a feeling that I nailed it, but... Uh, welcome to the show. Um, for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with Patrick, uh, he's the host of uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society, which is a show that I'm certain I've referenced on this show and probably others because been listening to it for three gosh darn years at this point. Um, but Patrick, uh, if you want to tell the listeners about your show or anything else that's uh, relevant to knowing you, go for it. I'm saying <laughs> it like it's only for them, but then again, we really don't know mm-hmm. each other well, so mm-hmm. eh, it's for me too. Okay, well, it's well, you do know my show pretty well. Yes, uh, I do. So, um, yes, Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, I was just telling Connor is a show that will be releasing its 400th episode wow. next week. Um, we do two episodes a week, so there's one on Tuesday, one on Thursday. The Tuesday episode is always news, what's going on and new in the world of Nintendo, and the Thursday episode is like a special topic. Um, so that'll be like a ranking episode. Uh, where we pick a ridiculous uh, category of things and then rank them from best to worst. Often, and, and I'll I, say this in, as mm-hmm. po- as like respectfully as I can, arbitrary yes. rankings uh, mm, or like uh, well, definitive though, def- arbitrary but definitive, <laughs> absolutely for sure. Uh, look, I would say that all of our lists are incredibly well argued and very well sourced. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, uh, you know, it uh, all the time they are opportunities for us to discuss in granular detail the <laughs> tiny little details about Nintendo. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, that's that's where joy is for me. It's a it's a podcast that I host with my good friend, Mark Mitchell, um, who is just a delight. And I'm sure will be on uh, Call Me By Your Game at some point here. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a show we've been doing for uh uh, like four years now um I, I believe our fourth third or fourth episode we released um the day of the election in 2016 oh uh, not a good time to start anything <laughs> no no a terrible but also look um the we try always just to like be fun and be light and you yeah. know there's always in, in all video game fandom but like especially in nintendo fandom in the last Nintendo fandom and Pokemon fandom in the last couple of years, there's this huge like swelling of negativity. Um, and, uh, you know, we're always like, you know what, like toss that aside, you know, we'll be real, but like, also we just kind of want to have fun talking about a thing we like. Um, so having the show for me has been, uh, great during quarantine and, you know, great during like all of Trump bullshit. Um, that like, it's just like, this it's my hour or so or like two hours, I guess, two discrete hours every week where I can just be 
uh, like happy and positive oh. and feel good about something. Yeah, I I can relate to that very much. Uh, my show, we've actually done the majority of it during quarantine. So yeah. I'm this is unfortunately just the standard for us. Uh, that said, it's been a, filled a similar role for me as where it's been a really nice uh, escape at times. And we also, you know, we're we're real on this show, too. And we have we address things every week we actually have like a pre-roll that goes before the show that's like hey here's some action items and stuff you can take so that's a very much me patting ourselves on the back but so we're not ignoring it look let's do it let's pat ourselves let's do good things and pat ourselves on the back for it we deserve it yes thank you you know what i'm not gonna be shy about it anymore i appreciate that um all all that to say is that i it's felt it's filled a similar role for me it's uh been really nice and it's a nice thing to escape and like not that it's like purpose but it Mm -hmm. is something to put effort into which has gone a long way at least for us yeah well and also like i i know for for me uh i'm i'm generally someone who's sort of bad at socializing just you know blanket statement um (laughs) but uh in in the quarantine it's even harder you know like the everyone gets a zoom fatigue um or and like and you know then now the only way to spend time with someone is to spend time with them like on a video call. Yeah. Um, and so like, I find that even the people I want to see, I am not very good at reaching out to them and being like, let's do, you know, let's, let's be on video. And like, do we have an activity plan for that? Are we doing like a trivia thing? Are we drinking? What's happening? Yes. Um, and so just to have, uh, you know, this twice weekly appointment with my, one of my best friends, uh, yeah. is, is great because otherwise we would have you know i would have stopped seeing him for a little while yeah this thing sucks man <laughs> dude it really it really does but ah, i'm so glad to hear that um yeah your show is really wonderful you guys like you said you're coming up oh, thank on you, Connor. hey you're so welcome you're uh oh now i know i've definitely brought it up on the show uh sometimes i'll recommend podcasts for piece people to listen to this is freaking made it there i think twice my friend uh, so <laughs> yes yeah you made the cut um but yeah it's really fun like you were saying earlier and i feel like this really comes across in your episodes is you you two are able to find not only just like ways in general to discuss video games uh in a different way but also to make it fun and th- like zhuzh it a little bit um <laughs> which is part of the reason why i think you know i've been listening to your show i think since it was right around after the switch came out like which was kind of like a resurgence for me in video games uh yeah sure i was a day one switcher in fact i've said this before on the show but when i saw that commercial for the, the first commercial that dropped for the switch yes immediately something switched in my brain i Mm -hmm. I always say that on accident yeah you did it (laughs) i know (laughs) you walked right into it man (laughs) it's inevitable um but something flipped and i was like oh this is gonna be amazing and i'm i'm back baby i'm in yeah Um, yeah man i love those moments uh and I, i feel like nintendo for me has been uh the company to deliver those like it's okay. Come back now. Um, like, uh, when I was, uh, a, a lot of my time, like in college, um, I was sort of drifting away from like playing video games, yeah. you know, like I, I grew up playing them. Um, you know, I, uh, lusted after, uh, you know, all of my friends, video game consoles mm-hmm. until like scraping up enough money to buy them for myself. Um, and, uh, you know, played all through high school and at college is just sort of like a busy time, you know, uh, and so just kind of drifted away. But I remember seeing like the early images of the Wii and 
and this maybe sounds dorky in, in, in <laughs> retrospect, but just uh, Nintendo being like, here's a different way to play video games. And yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that what I was experiencing was like boredom with the normal way we were playing video games. Yeah. And even if even if like motion controls and like, you know, Wii Sports, you know, aren't ultimately what I'm like, yes, those are games to me. Yes. Um, just the promise of like, here's a different way to do it was enough to like get me excited again. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how it can that can happen i think i think it also goes without saying that anytime you bring up anything with the wii it just inevitably will sound a little dorky i've i've done yeah. it a million times it's, it's the wii for pete's sake uh mm-hmm. but That's right. but yeah no i had a similar experience even though i was like very much a uh big big gamecube kid i'll say uh i was still kind of i had a rejuvenation with that too so yeah those moments are so special so I was like back and I was just looking to consume more content. And I don't know if I found your show because it was on, what was it called before campfire? Yeah. It was, What's a creative. What's a creative. The, yes. We are currently on the campfire media podcast network. It was originally called uh, what's a creative. That's right. I, I don't know if it, I heard you on a, on like an ad on a, sh- a friend show there, or if like you had, popped up because someone in the improv community had posted it but i yeah it's it's possible like you've you've had greg smith on uh this show yes, um, yes. right uh, and greg has been a guest on our show a couple times yeah. uh, greg's a good friend of mine um love love that guy even though he's a big great. boy you love him <laughs> look but greg is uh maybe the most talented human being i know yes um and uh you know someday when he stops being so nice he's gonna run this town <laughs> <laughs> we've all seen that uh we've all seen that coming that our our waluigi cosplay should mm-hmm. be waluigi cosplay friend uh greg smith yeah I, so i don't know if it was through you know someone in the improv community or if i just searched in the apple podcast store nintendo uh podcast (laughs) but i found it some way and it started to be a thing i would listen to at work when i had to do when i like you know it was acceptable to put headphones in your ears that's what i would do and since it's just been a show that you know you take i don't know what your podcast consumption is like if you do much of any but um for me shows will i'll dip in and out of a lot or i will listen to one for like six months and then get tired of it. But your show and not to brown nose too much, but like I have not dropped I'll off. I'll take it. I'll once. take it, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this you, feels great. I love this. <laughs> you two are so you two are very, uh, seem very kind and you're very modest on your show, but your show is just really great. And it's been one that, uh, I think for good reason I haven't dropped off for, cause it just like a doesn't feel stale and B like, I just like, hearing you two talk about games uh which is why i reached out to you to do this show and have you know emailed you about your show a million times (laughs) well and that's uh one of the things that i i also get out of the show is um we've got a uh we don't have a a huge following but we do have uh a a pretty engaged um fan base that does email us we give out our email address on every single episode it's nintendo cartridge society at at gmail.com there you go i gotcha (laughs) Um, and, uh, sorry, yeah, I'm just, so sorry if you're listening to this. I felt, I feel like I just violated the Geneva convention no, or something. You did what you had to do. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we, we are always trying to, uh, make sure that the show is like an interactive thing in whatever way possible. 
Um, so if we're talking about some uh, a topic that we have found fun, uh, we want to f- see what fun other people can have with it too, and then you know bring it up and try to uh, try to incorporate it in the show. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, I love that. It comes across so clear, and it's fun. Like especially as you've been listing off the names of people who've sent in Mario memories. I mean, there are names oh, that I feel like I hear on mm-hmm. the show, like Lizzie. I hear a lot. There's a Colin who's written in. There's a bunch of names, mm-hmm. but I feel like I keep hearing new names and I'm like, dang, they have a lot of people who engage. So that's just really cool to see. The Mario memories. Look, at the end of the month, uh, uh, on October 29th, we are doing an episode of all of our Mario yes. memories. Um, but we are uh, gradually, Mark and I uh, are not going to be able to contribute too much to this episode <laughs> uh, because we have got so many great uh, submissions of uh, from people who are listening to the show who have these awesome memories uh, with their first experiences playing Mario or like notable experiences. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm super excited, uh, to get to that episode. Um, and just, uh, you know, remember Mario with everyone. Like, it's going to be great. I'm so excited for it. It really is. I'm, I'm pumped too. I know I've told you that like, Hey, I'm sending one in. I feel like I'm, you uh, have, I have not seen it yet. I know. And I, in fact, I was like, you know, I need to send that before he comes on the show. So he knows it's going to happen. But (laughs) I feel like a college student, like running out the clock, it's an assignment that's, you know, it's due anytime, but it is due at the end of the semester, but you could turn it in anytime. And I'm just really waiting it out. <laughs> no, look, man, you got to be in the computer lab at four o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah, it's so true. You know, I've got that. I've got that draft going. But like I mm-hmm. emailed you, I was like, "Ugh, am I oversharing with this like two part Mario memory that is like 20 years apart at one point? Like it. it's insane. It. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's all I'll say. But Anyway, your show is wonderful. Um, is there anything? Oh, thank you, man. Hey, thank you for saying so. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Uh, is there anything else you want to share about yourself or anything you want people to know before we uh, talk about your history with video games in general? Uh, nah, I think we can get into because look, uh, one of the one of the things that is I, I think evident about me is that I will use any opportunity to talk about myself. Um, so, uh, so as we talk about my history with video games and then eventually talking about the game, uh, that we are talking about today, um, I'm going to inter, I'm going to inject so much biographical information Perfect. that you will be sick of hearing about my life. So hey. I'll hold it all till then. I love it. You know what? Challenge accepted. I hope I get to that point. And then <laughs> in fact, before we dive into your history with games, would you mind introducing the game we're going to discuss a little later? Oh, absolutely. We are talking about the Xbox One classic, Dead Rising. Xbox, do you mean Xbox 360? I do, of course. (laughs) My gosh. Look, here's the thing. uh, I have never owned an Xbox console. Okay, yeah. You know what? That's (laughs) fair that you you said that then. I messed it up. Yeah, so listeners, get off his back. It's not a big deal. No, really get fine. on my back. I deserve it. I messed it up. <laughs> well, You're right. On. Well, uh, well, thank you for introducing that. I'm excited to talk about it uh, because I have... It's it's funny that I didn't pick this bec- for this reason, but the reason that you kind of hinted at you wanted to discuss it is a similar experience that I have with the game, so should Ooh. be fun. Um, but of course, before we do that, we got to know your history with games, so... Patrick, as little or as much as you want to share, I'd love to hear about your history with games, but I want to start with, um, if you remember, when did you first take an interest in video games growing up? Like, when did that start? Um, This is a tough one because I feel like there's a a difference between like 
liking games and uh, getting to a point where you're like, oh, games are like a, a significant like dimension of my life, right? Yes. Where like it is a a lens through which I view my identity. Uh, I I hate being like I'm a gamer, but like <laughs> you know, it's it, like video games have been a such a big part of uh, a, a big part of who I am. Yeah. Um, but if I when when did I is the question when did I know or what what you what know, game was it that made me? Now I want to ask like uh, mm. two parts of a question. I guess <laughs> when was the first time that like yeah like the first time that yeah I guess you knew or the that you played a video game that you can remember being like this is fun and like it maybe started yeah an interest for you if that helps. Yeah, Ugh, man. I so okay. Uh, I I I don't know if I have like a moment of um playing a game that triggers that mm-hmm. so much as um a directive not to play games. Uh, okay, that sort of similar. Oh, we got a bad <laughs> so, boy, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was uh young, uh, I you know I uh, a video game addict and a uh a, a TV watching addict. I used to love when I was uh, when I was very young and we got um cable. Uh, shortly after we moved into uh, the the house that I mostly grew up in. So I was probably like six years old and this would have been 1988 or 89. All right. Um, and, uh, you know, we got cable and I discovered Comedy Central and was just like, you know, I saw one episode of Kids in the Hall and I was like, I, this is all I'm ever doing is <laughs> just watching TV. <laughs> awesome. um, so like, you know, I went through a, a bunch of different phases where um, my mom would be like, OK, Patrick. I'm going to give you a challenge. Uh, you don't don't watch TV this week and you'll get like $10 extra allowance or something like that. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Mom would get mom would throw down the challenge. Um, and <clears throat> I could do almost any of these challenges that she would give me. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, homework is done before uh, before dinner. Now that's um, a challenge right there. That's a challenge. Yeah. Um, but the the one challenge that I was never able to fulfill was don't play video games for any uh, length of time. I would always engage in them and be like, yes, uh, I will take that challenge, mother. Um, and then cave like two days later yeah. when like my friends are playing the Chippendales Rescue Ranger game. And oh, I'm like, yeah. I want to play it. Totally. I feel you. Uh, so this this happened. This challenge came through. And were you saying that like at that point it was that just showed how much of a part of your life it already was? Yeah, yeah, that that it's sort it's sort of like uh it's sort of one of those things where you just like you're weighing them against each other and you're like monetary benefit or um have fun playing the game and I'm like no have fun playing the game. Yes. Uh, you know, it was the first time I feel like I've heard I don't know if I've heard this directly from people but I've heard it on shows or maybe I don't I don't know where this is coming from, but I've heard people <laughs> Ooh, mysterious. I know it's very mysterious, but um I've heard people be like, "Yeah, it was kind of like did I have to, did I have to choose my significant other or video games? And this is the first time in your life you were like at a crossroads. It was like games or complete the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause games are presenting their own challenge, I guess. Yeah. I, I've, I, that's, that's interesting that people are like, choose, uh, like I, 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 that narrative rings true to me of like, choose your, you know, your significant other or, um, the game. But I've always found uh, gaming to be a like fun social um, like part of my life. Yes. Um, and maybe that's why I gravitated towards like talking about Nintendo games, um, uh, on, uh, podcasts and stuff that like, I don't, I don't, I never want to experience these things in isolation. I want yeah. to experience them and then uh, either experience them with someone or experience it by myself and then talk about it with someone. Um, that just feels, I don't know, that, that feels more meaningful to me. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know if I would, 
say, because I think I I think I feel the same way as you do. I don't think it's the exact same thing as like, oh, when you're making art, you need to share your art with people. But there is something just, I guess, about the shared experience, which can make things even more interesting and enjoyable sometimes, at least for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I'm a fan of like a, the book club format, right. Yeah. <laughs> of like, let's, let's experience a work of art and then uh, talk about it. Uh, and you know, what did you get out of it? What did I get out of it? Uh, what do I now get out of it now that I know what you got out of it? Yes. Um, I, I love those conversations. Um, and so that's uh, for me always going to be true uh, for, for video games as well, especially because the experience that one person has with a game is going to be worlds different. Although it sounds like you and I had the same experience with uh, Dead Rising, <laughs> yeah. so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're going to find out so much more about that game and about that person by being able to talk about it with them. Totally. Yeah. Right there with you. Um, I guess maybe another question I want to ask you is, do you, yeah. what was the first console you had in your home? Were you just like, was it just there one day? Was it there when you were first conscious? So... This uh, brings us back to the the first house that that I lived oh, we're in. Moving so, houses. Yeah. So <laughs> this is this is back to the. Uh, uh, I must have been five. This was on this. I was on my way home from kindergarten. We lived close enough to the school where I walked home. Um, and my older sister, who is uh, five years older than me, uh, was a crossing guard. Right. So mm-hmm. she was like she worked one of the, the yes. corners uh, on between the school and where we lived. Um, so I was uh, walking home and I remember Dana telling me that um, dad had purchased a uh, an NES um, and that uh, we were going to hook it up when she got home. OK. Um, and I don't remember why, like, I don't remember if I was asking for it at this sure. point. Like, this is all sort of like before I have any sort of conception of like what this thing is. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that original, uh, NES with the, um, power pad and oh. the, the zapper. Yeah. So we, we had that three pack with, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt and World Flash Track Meet. Whoa. Um, which was incredible. Oh, wow. Is that the track game that's really rare or is that a different tracking because i feel like there's an yeah, nes one that's like the, crazy the, rare i mean i think that the track game that's really rare is the um well first of all i think that's the standalone cartridge one but isn't there also one that's like that um but for a nintendo world championships around that I think time that's too? what i'm thinking of. that might be what it yeah. is but you're yeah. are you saying this was like a three pack on one cartridge yeah Whoa. three pack on one cartridge oh I know. my gosh that's incredible yeah, I mean, it was a great little box. I would kill to have one of those right now yeah. <laughs> with a zapper, which you couldn't use on a modern TV anyway. Um, but yeah, it's I, I the for whatever reason, uh, my sister saying uh, head home will hook it up when I get home is something that's just like burned into my brain. That's so funny. Uh, that's absolutely incredible. I, I see her like, you know, laying down her because I did cross crossing guard, too. So yeah, I, can, too. <laughs> I can see her like putting down out her arm to hold the stop sign yep. and then saying it to you as you're walking. And it's just blowing your mind. Uh, yep. yep. She's wearing that orange sash. She's yes. <laughs> got a little badge on her. for some yep. reason. <laughs> um, yep. And this is something we trust fifth graders with. Like, yes. This is absurd. For real. Uh, so funny. Um. Okay, so you had this NES. What were some like meaningful uh, early games for you uh, that you want to talk about? Super Mario Brothers three, uh, an early meaningful game to me, um, was uh, this is a, another 
Look, I don't know if I have a just a, a weird relationship with my parents and reward structures, <laughs> um, but, but uh, when Super Mario Brothers three was coming out, um, you know, I had asked for it for like you know a birthday or Christmas or whatever, um, and uh, I was to the age where my father thought I should be old enough to know how to ride a bike without training wheels. And I just wasn't interested. Um, and he was like, Patrick, I'll make you a deal. <laughs> you learn how to ride your bike without training wheels and I'll buy you super Mario brothers three. And that's what happened. Wow. Uh, on one hand, well, cause I think I had like a somewhat, somewhat of a similar thing with my parents growing up. So on one hand, because uh, I don't want to cast judgment on yours, I I, I look at like the way parents can uh, run households. I don't know how whatever you want to however you want to look at it. I look at that and sometimes I'm like, huh, I don't know, maybe that was harmful. And then I'm like, well, I did figure it out and get it done, and yeah, I got yeah. the thing, and maybe that's why I am who I am today, sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, there, there was a there was another time later um, when uh, I was upset about not having uh, that that I couldn't afford. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 on the uh-huh. uh, Super Nintendo. Um, and uh, my dad just bought it because he was like, I don't know, he wants it. Aww, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that was nice. Oh, that's but really I, great. I, I, I didn't learn anything from that one. So. <laughs> and for that, backfired. I am very sorry. Uh, so Mario 3, did it, I mean, I didn't, I feel like you talked about that. That was like the main, one of the main topics on the like uh, Christmas Carol episode you guys did last yeah, that's year. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. so funny. I love that. I I think Rachel was like a ghost of Christmas past and yeah, yeah, or something Rachel like that. Was, yeah, she was the ghost of Chris, Christmas past. Um we of course had our producer Ryan Middledorf yes. uh playing the ghost of himself. <laughs> <laughs> um and then Matt Acevedo was the ghost of uh of uh, NCS present. That's right. Oh, yeah. so funny. Um did the game I'm assuming it lived up to the hype to you because most people yeah. love that as like, oh, if not second best 2D Mario game, then best ever. Yeah, I mean, I I, I absolutely loved that game, and it, it was one of the um, one of the games that I have like early memories of being able to beat um, oh. and uh, like impressing the older kids with my ability to to beat the game. That's right, <laughs> um, and that always feels good. Um, yeah, so like it, it absolutely lived up. You know, I, do I even understand what hype is at, at, at that point in my yeah. life? You know, like not not really. My expectations are all video games are fun. Yes, it's something I genuinely <laughs> thought. I played a lot of Rampage on the NES. That game's terrible. Wow, uh, it's it's funny to look back at like what it would have been like to have been a Nintendo fan back then and being like, oh, there's been two Mario's. There's going to be a third one. Like now we're just like, all right, what's the next 3D Mario? When are we getting Odyssey 2? And then what's after that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, it's a very different time, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also just like impossible to compare like, because now, you know, we have these, uh, our, our brains and our forecasting calendars as far as like new media is concerned. You know, I, I saw something today that was showing the the DC movie or the I guess Warner Brothers, not just DC, um, a movie slate out through the end of 2023. Three. And it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> why, why do we, why is that like information that like comes into a normal, like entertainment consumers 
like sphere of, of vision. Uh, I, I shouldn't know that. When I was a kid, there's no way I would have thought about what was coming out four years from now. It's insane. Yeah, it's that is bonkers. Ugh. Um. So Mario three was big for you. What are are there any other like uh one Battletoads? Battletoads. Uh, oh, that's right. Battletoads is really big for me. Um. Uh. At two separate points in my life. Uh. When it uh, first came out uh, on on the NES, I just thought it was the coolest. I'm a big Ninja Turtles guy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Um, and I actually, uh, last year I, I spent, uh, several months interviewing the, uh, Ninja Turtles, um, comics creators, um, to do like a sort of behind the scenes look at all of the, um, the 100 issues of, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of, uh, IDW. Very cool. Um, and so, yeah. So, and the, there, there's special features in the, uh, issues 92 through 100, something like that. Um, and so you can check out all those interviews if uh, you find those comics anywhere. Awesome. Um, but so, yeah, i big into Ninja Turtles. So anything that was even remotely ripping off Ninja Turtles, <laughs> I was like, I'm there. Um, and, you know, Battletoads is a, a notoriously difficult game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I I got pretty good at it as a kid, but um, like went back to it in college um, because a buddy of mine was like, that okay let's the two of us let's like yes <laughs> like this is what this is what we do in college we're going to focus and we're going to get really good at battle toads um and uh <laughs> where we're playing a two-player yeah i mean it's <laughs> look this what is what you're gonna do um and uh, we got to uh there is a, a glitch in level 11 of 12 um that is unpassable with two players uh so we got up to that glitch uh got killed off by the glitch and we're like great we did it wow that's funny uh, also a nice excuse not to have to like slog through a re- the rest of the game. Uh, oh boy, those last two levels are in single player are murder. They're so hard. Jeez, funky. Um, so Battletoads was big for you up until that like drought that you had, or I don't know if I want to call it a drought, but your slower video game times. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything else that was super meaningful? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. You know, Link to the Past, mm-hmm. Super Metroid, um, Final Fantasies. Uh, four, six, seven, and nine yeah. uh, were all big for me. Um, four and six, especially the the, the Super Nintendo ones. Yes, um, I I remember uh, renting Final Fantasy. Uh, I'm going to go back to calling it two because that's where I'm <laughs> what I'm of comfortable course. calling it. <laughs> uh, I, I I remember renting Final Fantasy two just like over and over and over again. Um, and um, starting new every time because you're renting the game. The save file is on is on the cartridge. Um, starting new wow. and beating it every time I rented it. Dang. Um, I loved that game. Loved it to pieces. Um, and uh, you know, like asked for it for Christmas one year, and my grandmother bought Final Fantasy three for me. Oh, um, okay. And I, I remember being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said so two. Funny. Um, and then Final Fantasy three is, you know, one of the greatest games ever made. So, um, you know, real egg on my face there and, uh, sorry, Graham, she's dead now, but sorry, Graham. Sorry, Grandma. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I, I have the listeners to this show will know I famously have trouble finishing games, especially very long ones. I didn't play a lot of RPGs growing up. So like, as I've come to love them later in life and actually, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and finish those bad boys because they can be long. Um, I've come to really appreciate them, but those are two games that I've also played through about halfway, maybe like four times each and still have never finished them, which is such a shame. The end of Final Fantasy three is perfect. It's so 
good. I mean, it's uh, that that game is uh, that game is absolutely wonderful, uh, and it has that like turning point in the middle mm-hmm. where the world ends, where the bad guy fucking wins, um, and then you have to rebuild your party and you know have like a different perspective character, and like it's just incredible. Um, and then in the, the, the final battle, when you're going up to in, uh, Kefka's tower, yeah. um, and you have to like send in three separate parties and like control three of them separately. And the final battle, you can use all three. Um, and so you've got 12 of your characters battling at once. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, I, the last time I played it was on the SNES classic, not this summer, but the summer before. Mm-hmm. And I was really into it, but then I think I like came up against a moment that wasn't even that difficult, but that distracted me (laughs) to where I didn't come back to it. And then like a month later I came back to it and was like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And that was, yeah, (laughs) that was the end of that playthrough, unfortunately. So what is the, uh, cause you just did a a deep dive on final fantasy 10. What is the first final fantasy game that you beat? Final fantasy 10. <laughs> well, do you know technically that's not true. Technically I did beat 7 remake uh first mm, okay. and then 10 and then 4, 6 and 7 I have played through like 7 I played through my furthest playthrough saying that word too many times in January and I got up until the point where a certain someone leaves your party for good. It always feels mm, weird mm-hmm. not just saying what happens cuz it's such common knowledge, but it's such common knowledge, but we're also in like a, a new world where like people are introduced to that character who don't know what happens to yes. her, but also maybe it won't. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> who knows? Uh, so yeah, 10 is the first one that I beat. And I think it's truly because it was the, I love the battle system. It's super engaging. And that was like what got me through it. Even the slow parts. Uh, that's what I, what I kept hanging on to. And yeah. then, uh, and then it's so linear that it's really hard to actually get lost. And that's why I could finish it was because I didn't have to search too much and I wouldn't give up. Uh, yeah. Look, man, I, I love a game where you can uh, step away from it, forget about it for a while, come back and not be totally lost. Yes. Um, a quick recommendation for anyone that is listening here that wants to play a role playing game and comes up against the thing that we're describing here. Dragon Quest 11S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch is a perfect role-playing game. It is so good at recapping and recontextualizing what you're doing that you can walk away from it for days, weeks, come back and feel totally welcome in that world again. Wow. Uh, I've heard you recommend that game so many times, <laughs> especially <laughs> I like, know. I, wanna, I know you have, <laughs> I want to say like a year ago was when you were into that and then Mark got into it later. Uh, so, but anyway, that will have to be the next one for me because those are just so much more digestible. And even though we're, you know, in quarantine, it's strange to be like, I'm busy, but like, I don't even have enough time to play the games even in quarantine. Like oh, that yeah, I would like no. to. So, so thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I, I look, I like all role-playing games. It has that, like, you got to get through like 10 hours yes. of it before you're like, okay, now I'm in love with this. Um, and s- some of those first 10 hours are fun. Some yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. That was like with, have you finished or played through 10 before final fantasy? I I've never finished 10. No. Mm-hmm. It's, um, but I've played a, a fair amount of it. It's, I mean, like you were saying with all, with all JRPGs, there's like a, the first 12 hours are 
very slow. Like you don't really get into a good rhythm of, hey, I'm going from town to town, learning the battle system, getting new abilities. Like that is stopped abruptly so many times to where I was, I kept checking in with friends being like, hey, is this going to stop or is this how it's going to be the whole game? Um, thankfully, it's When do down. I love this? Yes. It's so, uh, man, asking that question of when do I love this uh, is is so important for uh for video games because they ask so much of your time they and do. so much of your focus and just like brain power um and like if, if there's something if there's an obvious answer to me of like here's why you love this um that goes such a long way for me uh th- this last year i played um or just within uh quarantine here i played star wars jedi fallen order yes. um and you know that that game is uh, you know all buggy as shit, and um, you know I, I think the the story is interesting but falls apart in the end. Um, and uh, some of the acting and writing I feel like is uh, just weird. Yeah. Um, but I love the game to pieces because it's like here's a here's a Star Wars story. You get to swing a, a lightsaber around, and so I go into it already loving it. Yes. Um, and that's the first game that I have ever gotten a platinum trophy on on yes. my PlayStation. Um, I did everything you can do in that game. I did everything you can do in that game. That is so, it's impressive to me that anybody could do that with any game. Uh, and so the fact that you've done it with that, was that hard or was it like, were you like spending like an, a lot of extra time being like, well, if I'm going to, you know, get this trophy, I got to do all these side missions or was it pretty easy to do along the way? Um, so I did have to like double back to a lot of the, yeah. the um, but the, the game is sort of a, a double back kind of game, gotcha. right? Like a lot of that backtracking is built in okay. to the way you have to play it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It is imminently platinumable. Okay. Um, if you're just, if you're just like, just go back, spend a little time, uh, and really explore stuff. And again, uh, I just like being Cal Kestis, you know, yeah. like it worked for me. Uh, any time you you're playing a good game, a good lightsaber game, which I guess oh, is just yeah. like a good Star Wars game, but that is <laughs> no more heroes. <laughs> yeah, have you have you played another Star Wars game? Because I can think of one, and it's not even a ma- big part of the game where the lightsaber stuff feels really good. I Boy, guess I kind of have two. Great question. Um, I mean the the lightsaber stuff feels okay in um. Boy, what's the name of this game? Uh, Force Unleashed? Play- yeah, there we go. Yeah. When you're playing Vader's Apprentice, yeah. Yeah, that I'm with you there. That's That one came to me later, but a game that was surprisingly had like what at least at the time felt like decent lightsaber uh, usage mechanics, I don't know what I want to say, was I think Battlefront 2, there's like brief moments where you could be like Mace okay. Windu right. and yeah. like throw your lightsaber. And at the time I adored it, but I'd be interested to see how it holds up today. Um, I had like a flash of anxiety that you were going to say Star Wars Masters of Tarascasi, oh. uh, the Star Wars fighting game. Are you familiar with this game? <laughs> no. What is this? <laughs> oh, it is bad. Connor. <laughs> uh, it is a, an original PlayStation game uh, where you play as uh, Star Wars characters and it includes, you know, such um, fan favorites, uh, now legends uh, like Mara Jade. Um, and like some others of, you know, from like the, the Thrawn novels and like the Timothy Zahn Mm. era and all that stuff. Um, and it's just a one-on-one fighting game. And some of the characters have lightsabers because they would have lightsabers. Wow. Um, 
There's also a, a sand person that's a playable character uh, <laughs> whose name is Whore. For some oh, H-O-A-R. Oh, what a great name for uh, kids in the 90s to be like, well, that's hilarious. I'm going to say that all the time. <laughs> all the time. Uh, yeah, no, terrible game in the, the lightsaber. First of all, <laughs> it's you don't you can't give someone in a fighting game a lightsaber. It doesn't make sense. Yes, yes. <laughs> they would be slicing everyone in half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that 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 game's a, 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 a garbage fire. Oh, yeah. Well, well, cool. I'll check it off the list of stuff I never need to play, which is good. I always need to be making that smaller. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just uh, just going to add that uh, Tarascasi, uh, which that's the name of the game, Star yeah. Wars Masters of Tarascasi. Um, Tarascasi gets a shout out in um, Solo, the the okay. movie Solo, um, after Kira like takes down some of the guards when they're, uh, I think when they're on Kessel somewhere, um, and someone's like, "What was that?" and she goes, "Tarascasi." So they're like, <laughs> "Some of look." The new Star Wars stuff is making absurd references to old garbage, and I love it. That is so funny. Uh, for the people who played those games and either enjoyed or suffered through them, are like, <laughs> right. "That's for me, man." That's me. That's I'm. I I feel seen. Looking around in the theater, like, nope, no one reacted to that. Nope, I'll just no stay one, here. No one getting it. Just me. Uh, All right. Um, I won't tell anyone about that until I get on mic. Yes. Uh, however, however many years ago Solo was, <laughs> you had that thought. Um. Cool. I th- feel like I've gotten to hear a lot of really great stuff from you about your history. We It was fun to just hear. We didn't necessarily like go through your whole catalog because that we would be here forever. Um, yeah. Well, what- and also like I, a lot of my Nintendo catalog has been uh, pretty well documented yes, in almost true. 400 episodes yes. of NCS. So uh, if you want to hear me rattle on more about video games, it's, it's there. There we go. Um, the last question I do have for you on this little section before we take a quick break is what are you, and maybe you probably talked about it on an episode that I listened to today, but <laughs> what are you playing right now? What are you looking forward to playing soon? Uh, the, the game that I have in a, uh, sus- suspended state on my PlayStation right now is, um, Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, um, okay. I, I am playing that in PlayStation VR, um, which is just a magical experience. I can turn around uh. and see the astromech droid behind me. I can look up out through the windshield of my, uh, X-Wing and just see space. It That's, rules. That is I, I can't keep asking people about this game because I just want to get it and I want to get PSVR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Have you been playing with friends or random parties? Uh, so, I mean, a, a little bit of both because uh, a, a party for that game, it's it's five on five when you do gotcha. on- online stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I have a group of friends, a group of five of us that are like, we're going to play this game together. But oh. you can never get five schedules to align um so at most there's been three of us uh playing with two randos um and you know it's always like you know please don't have mics please don't have mics and then (laughs) (laughs) and then you know one time someone has a mic and it's like the dude who's really serious about the game and being like hey i'm looking for some guys to squat up with and we're like i don't know man we're just we're just kicking the tires on this thing i don't know what to tell you we're just shooting the shit and drinking and having fun oh that's funny um so you're playing that do you think that's just going to be what you enjoy for the foreseeable future is there something you're like that's coming out or that's been on my backlog and i'm ready to tackle it Uh, yeah i don't really know (laughs) i mean i'm I'm looking forward to um the new hyrule warriors game yes um the age of calamity i just spend some more time in the breath of the wild universe that sounds great to me um yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, other other than that, uh, you know, we're kind of staring down the barrel of a 
a new console generation here and I'm not really looking like I'm going to hop on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I will probably, um, like plug back in and like get excited about more new stuff, uh, in 2021. Yes. Um, when, uh, super Mario 3d world and Bowser's fury comes out, I'm going to play the mess out of that. Why would you be excited about that game? Uh, because I, that's one of my favorite games ever. Uh, I've, I've played through that game 100%ed it twice, wow. like from zero to 100% on two separate occasions. Uh, it is something that my girlfriend and I play together um, a lot. Uh, when, when I told her that the Switch remaster was uh, coming out, she was like, so if we started playing it right now, then we could play it, finish it. <laughs> And then like have the time off and then play it again, right? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, Sarah. I think we need to. <laughs> I think we need to give it some time. Might be oversaturated for you at that point. Yeah. Um, th- truly, hearing you talk about that game, I've never played it, and I have a Wii U. Oh, um, it rules, because I've been holding out forever because you know, we've had rumors of this coming, and now it, it is. So I'm looking forward to that too. It should be a blast. Um, well, hey, thank you for sharing so much about your history. Uh, with games we'll take a quick break and then we'll come right back and to dive in to some dead rising how about that i'm very excited about this okay cool we'll be right back Hi there, everyone. This is the host of the Call Me By Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe, and I am thrilled to announce that our show is now a part of the brand spanking new video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio. Uh, And we've launched a Patreon in addition to support our shows. All the shows and content from Super NPC Radio are fully independent, and we finally have a way to not only make new video content, but more podcasts as well, bonus shows, and help pay for our expenses in doing so. We can offer several great tiers, and for $5 a month, you'll get access to our brand new weekly show, Super NPCs. At the following $10 tier, you'll get even more bonus content, including a monthly group episode of this show called Call Me By Your Game Co-op, where we discuss iconic games, their respective legacies, and their place in history. If this is interesting to you and you like this show, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and keep on enjoying those games, why don't you? Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, where on this episode we are talking with Patrick Ellers about Dead Rising. And as we always do before, we're going to talk, uh, you know, do a little dive into what his experience was like playing this game. We'll talk briefly about the history and context, just in case you're not familiar. Um, so like I said earlier, Patrick, I'm just going to start yammering away. So mm-hmm. if you want to interrupt great. me or or stay silent, you know, you do whatever feels right to you. I mean, yammer on, my friend. All right, here we go. So, Dead Rising is an open-world survival horror beat-em-up action-adventure, it's a lot of descriptors for a game, video game developed by Capcom and is the first entry in the series of the same name. The game's story sees players controlling Frank West, a freelance photojournalist, as he calls it. Um, who He's covered wars, you know. You know what? I did forget about that, which makes him being in that helicopter and so comfortable in that first Mm -hmm. scene. 
that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. It's uh, it, Frank, Frank uh, trying to uh, like boost his bona fides by telling a character very early in the game. I've covered wars, you know, <laughs> is one of my favorite video game voice clips ever. I say it and or think it all the time. <laughs> I love it is funny. The ones that can like sneak into our brains and never leave. <laughs> That's not one I've heard from someone, but now that I've heard it, I think it it's probably going to stick around. I got, I got a bunch more. I'll bring them up as we go. Oh, I can't wait. From this game. Please do. Um, so Frank uh, become, ends up being coming trapped in a shopping mall within the town of Wilmet, Will, Willamette, Colorado, and that is suffering from a zombie outbreak. Yes. Fun fact about uh, Willamette. Uh, they pronounce it Willamette in the, in the game. Everyone calls it the Willamette uh, Mall. Um, but th- there actually is a town in Washington called uh, Willamette, oh. uh, spelled the same way, but they pronounce it Willamette. You know, that is a fun fact. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of course. We You got to recognize when a fact is actually fun, and that one was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I played this game originally with a at least one Washingtonian. I guess just one. Yes, oh. one, one person from Washington State who was like, the fuck are they saying? <laughs> That's not right. That's too funny. Uh then, uh, oh yeah, so suffering. This town is suffering uh, supposedly from a zombie outbreak. Frank f- travels there and finds himself uh, not only surviving by salvaging various items for weapons, but also rescuing survivors trapped in the complex uh, and dealing with crazed psychopaths while staying alive and attempting to uncover the secret behind the outbreak. Um, originally released for the Xbox 360 on August 8th, 2006, Dead Rising became a commercial success, leading it to be introduced as a part of Xbox 360's Platinum Hits lineup, while also leading to three sequels. And in 2009, a remake for the game was made for the Wii, which I... Chop till you drop. Chop till you drop. Did, did you play this ever? The Wii version? I know you're a Wii person. No, I mean, it's that the, the Wii port of this is a mess. Um, you know, one of the things that's uh, so attractive about um, Dead Rising, especially at the time in 2006, was just the sheer number of zombies that were on screen yes. at any given time. Uh, not just like at the peak when you're like, wow, I'm really in it here. Um, just like all the time, there's like 30 plus zombies on screen. Yes. And the we could maybe do like six. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's a that would be a disaster. Oh, it's a no. real bummer. Um, in fact, I actually had forgotten how many zombies in that first little level like when you get in the mall when that lady goes to save her dog or whatever yeah I, madonna, yeah, madonna. <laughs> that place My madonna. is crawling with zombies yeah. uh yeah and so but anyway um so that surprised me too um and as a part of the 10th anniversary this game was re-released on uh september 16th for windows ps4 and xbox one uh patrick was there anything about the history and context any details you felt were important to share before we just talk about your experience uh well i i think just briefly um you know i i think it is interesting to consider um what capcom is at the time that this game comes out yes um and what what role this game plays in the xbox uh xbox 360 launch um so capcom released this and a game called lost planet um, which are both like uh, graphic, sh- you know, showcases yes. for the for the 360. Um, and you know, it's it's funny to go back and look at them now because they look like old ass games, yes, yes, fourteen year old games. Um, but you know, at at the time they were just really, uh, you know, like knock you out beautiful. Um, 
but you know, Capcom had a, uh, a a pedigree with zombie games through the Resident Evil series, mm-hmm. um, and Resident Evil is uh, you know it's campy, but like sometimes it's campy just by virtue of the fact that it's like serious but bad, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know those those games are all uh, like under the guidance of uh, Shinji Mikami who is like Capcom's horror guy. Um, and, you know, he's also responsible for the Devil May Cry games later. And, you know, uh, like uh, uh, the, there's just a very clear like brand there. Yes. Um, and then for another zombie game to come out of Capcom and be not that at all. This game is, uh, it, I, I don't know the, the director's name. It's it's someone who uh, doesn't have a lot of video game directing credits. Gotcha. But uh, one of the lead producers is Keje Inafune, who is the Mega Man guy. Um, so like, <clears throat> just mm. just know that you're going into a zombie game a a dawn of the dead knockoff um that is being overseen by someone who's uh, like fixated on like cartoon graphics yes. and like themed bosses <laughs> and like this game is about having fun yes and yeah. it's not about scaring the shit out of you yeah it, it like i think that sticks out pretty immediately at least did to me where it was like oh this isn't trying to be something like a resident evil or a more serious uh, horror game so yeah that's uh thank you for sharing that i think that is very important and was was this i actually don't know i think i heard a few different things was this a launch launch game for the 360 i mean it it, you said uh august August, 2006 yeah Yeah, i I mean i i think so right because the uh the 360 beat the playstation 3 and the weed market by just a couple months and they both came out in uh november of 2006 so yeah uh, probably probably was launch or very near launch window. Awesome. Uh, wow. What a, what a fun game to like launch a console with. I feel like sometimes consoles can struggle with having either something that's like a reason to buy the new console and play mm-hmm. it or something super fun. Uh, but it's also a game that is so staunchly next generation yes. like at, at the time. Um, Cause you know, one of the uh, things that was like early blowback for this game was you simply have to play it on a widescreen high definition TV. Um, you know, and yes. this was not the norm at the time. Like in 2006, we're all still playing and watching on big CRT TVs, mm-hmm. right? Uh, TVs that weigh like a hundred pounds. Um, and the, uh, the, this game, you know, you, there was no full screen option. You could only play it in widescreen. Um, and the text that displayed on the bottom of the screen so that you could either get instructions, uh, from your buddy Otis or just read the, the subtitles was so small that it was virtually unplayable. If you didn't have like new modern TV hardware to play it on. So like it was insisting on like, look, you can you can play your other old shit on old shit. This is a new game. You need to have new shit to play this game. Oh, that is fun. I've heard I was do, brushing up on this game before coming to do the show. I had heard the same thing about the text and it's just like, oh, that's just miserable. That stinks. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now we would obviously uh, lambast it for being uh, inaccessible and all that stuff. Yes, of course. But. For me, this is how the game winds up in my orbit at all. Yes. Um, so uh, just to, to set the stage a little bit for uh, how I first played this game or first saw this game um, is uh, after college. So uh, what in, in college, I was uh, more, more more context. I love it. Um, I, love I, it. I, I, <laughs> I went to school at uh, Lawrence University in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, it is a small liberal arts school with a music conservatory. 
Um, I was an RA for um, my sophomore, junior, and senior years. Dang, you uh, love that RA life. I love that RA <laughs> life. And look, I know that like uh, the punchline, but I was the cool RA is, <laughs> is well-trod territory, but I was the fucking cool RA. Yes, um, we'll, we'll believe and, that. Uh, <laughs> and I mean that Thank sincerely. You. I know it didn't sound sincere, but I am with you. I would have thought you were cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. Of course. I mean, I've, look, I, I think the cool RA is like my brand. I think that's <laughs> that that is who what I am. That's what I have to offer. Um, so I, I stayed on the year after uh, graduation and worked as a uh, residence hall director, sort of being like the professional in the building that managed the the RAs um, in in that specific building. So I had very few. Uh, responsibilities. Uh, when I did have responsibilities, they were intense, you know, yes. like, uh, hel- helping kids with counseling, uh, people, alcohol poisoning, like, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. That's like very, very important when you have to do it, yes. but it means you're working for like an hour and a half every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I, I just sort of, uh, I, I foster community by just like having my door open all the time yeah. and, um, inviting people into, uh, you know, hang out and play the Wii. Um, because that we awesome. had just come out, uh, that, that November and I had a big ass TV, um, because it, you know, my room and board was taken care of and I was just making money for the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it, it was just like a, a, you know, common practice of like people could like come in and hang out and play the Wii. Um, and, uh, one of the, um, freshmen who was living in, in, in the building, um, had an Xbox 360 and he had this game dead rising and he couldn't play it on his tv in his room he was like it's too small i can't i can't read it oh and he was like patrick you've got a big ass tv and you're always here and are always looking for a game to play can i hook up my xbox in here and i said sure because i'm the cool ra we're the cool ra (laughs) that's a really cool thing to do for somebody well thank you you're welcome um it was also a very cool thing to happen to me um (laughs) because uh the second alex turned this game on uh, I was enthralled with it. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I knew that I loved zombie stuff as much yeah. as, as I did. Uh, this is maybe part of my, like, well, may, maybe not, maybe resident evil is really where like that, that starts for me. Um, but like, yeah, I just, I, I loved watching him play this game. Um, we, uh, people would frequently just be like gathered around my TV yeah. um, to either watch me play usually uh twilight princess, uh, awesome. <laughs> legends of Zelda twilight oh, princess uh, or to watch Alex play uh dead rising. Um, and so like the whole room was just a room full of people who knew the Willamette mall backwards and forwards inside and out. Uh, and so he could be like, okay, where do I need to go to get a katana? And then like, you know, Chelsea sitting on the, on the couch would be like, it's over there up the stairs. Come on, Alex. It seems like a scene from Scott Pilgrim or something to me. It kind of is. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, that man, especially now, like looking back on times when you could just play games with in a room with other people. I know. So special those times were. Uh, but I'm glad you just jumped right into it because I think I felt like that was uh, you're you're just a pro. You know, you do so many <laughs> podcasts, you know, when it's time to to pivot. So uh, let's spend a little time on this because uh, this is so interesting and fun to me. I want to know a little bit about this play, like the place they put you up as the RD was. Yeah. Did your was your living room like kind of big? Uh, did you have like a big couch? Like what was the seating like? I really want to like be there, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Let's, let's we'll set the stage. Thank you. Uh, so this is, this is a, an apartment in a 
in the residence hall, right? So uh, when you walked in the front door, uh, there was like a, a desk that someone would be working mm-hmm. at as like a, a reception sort of thing. There was a lounge on, on the left and on the right, there was a computer lab. You go right past the computer lab and you are at my front door. Okay. So it is, you know, from, from the front door of the building to my front door, it is a two second walk. Wow. Um, and this is a this is a four story building, uh, Samuel Plant's residence hall in uh, uh, Lawrence University, Appleton, <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, and so uh, the the front door opened into the into the living room, right? Um, and it's the same wall that the TV was on. So if you were okay. walking in, you would see people uh, sitting on the couch, looking at 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 the like just to your right as you're walking in. Gotcha. Right? Um, so there's. Uh, there's the TV and it was a, uh, a 42 inch plasma TV that I had purchased as an out of box item from the, uh, Best Buy, All right. um, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the spring before, um, and it was sitting on top of a, like, uh, light, uh, light birch wood, uh, like entertainment center, mm-hmm. um, that I was given as a, a graduation gift, um, and then uh, there was the university supplied couch, which was uncomfortable. Oh no! Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay though. It's okay. This is this oh, is all okay. good. Um, and like a a, a big uh, used wingback chair, um, which was also white, um, in in the corner. And then behind the couch, there was like my dining room table mm. with a couple of chairs around it. Okay. So and then like you know off off to the side was uh, my. Uh, embarrassingly small kitchen and bathroom <laughs> um and then my bedroom sort of behind that awesome um, and there's really no doors once you enter uh the apartment everything just yeah. kind of like flows uh around little, little hallways so um yeah there was a, a ton of seating and just a lot of places for you know it, it felt almost like a presentation space yes. <laughs> you know um and we just kept uh having people into uh you know play games and hang out and uh you know, be the cool RA. That's so much fun. Were did you have a roommate? Was it just you in this place? Just me. Oh wow! How did you like living solo? Do you have? Did you? Was it a thing that you enjoyed? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it, I was very seldom alone. In yeah. That apartment. Oh, that's true. Uh, of course, you were the RD, and you had yeah. your door open. I mean, I I I woke up uh, in the morning, took a shower, and opened my door. Um, and someone, either some one one of my RAs or just like, you know, the friends that I was making in 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 the building, um, uh, the residents of the building would just come over and just hang out. That's um, awesome. and so, sometimes sometimes with a purpose of like, uh, you know, they need something from me mm-hmm. or they want to play a game, and sometimes just to hang out. That's fun. Um, I I was never an RA or an RD, so I wasn't that cool. Um, but <laughs> I when I went to school. I lived, the dorm setup sounds so similar. It was a five, the only difference is that it was a five story building and to the left and right of that like reception and lounge area, there were, uh, there were towers, but I was on what was called first North, which was the, just the first, you know, floor on the North building. And I was the first, where where is this? This is in Azusa, California. I went to Azusa Pacific university. If you've heard of it, they've, they've got some embarrassing billboards that used to be around LA. Like, yeah. So that's where I went to school and I was in the first room (laughs) there and I had a Wii and it kind of was like a similar setup. Like people would just like drop by to like hang mm-hmm. there was some people would be like hey can i play this game and be like yeah that's fine and then there were other times where i was like well i think this person's hanging around <laughs> too much almost yes um 
but that, you know, kind of comes with the territory. Um, did you know Alex very well before, uh, he approached you? Had he like, do you remember if he had come into your room to play or watch before that? Yeah. I mean, he must have, um, it's, it, it's tough, uh, when you're, uh, on like the, the residence life staff, uh, when you have, cause uh, the, the, the building that, um, that plants, uh, is a, a largely freshman building, freshman and sophomore mm-hmm. mostly. Um, so like, you know, there's one day when the new students move in and you meet 200 people. Wow. Um, and so I, you know, he, he, he strikes me as, a, a someone who was my friend early, but I don't, uh, honestly, I don't, re- I don't remember. <laughs> that is too many. I mean, that is too many people to try to remember your intro story with. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, that's very, and I feel like this, this dead rising story is a pretty good intro story. Yeah. Whether it's the true introduction or not. <laughs> right. Um, so what do you remember about like Alex gets there, he plugs in the Xbox, flips it on. Yeah. Was this something that you ended up like? sitting with him or watching him play through most of it or was it like you would come in and out when he'd be there how did the how did it kind of work yeah so the i mean that's it's very this is a very strange game in that um it is either designed to be played over and over again or uh, it is so like difficult and frustrating and limiting that like you have to play it uh several times <laughs> in order to actually see its true ending yes um so like the the way the game works, right, is that uh, there is a a seventy two hour, um, you know, like day night cycle. You have to survive three days, and then the moon um, and crashes, and, <laughs> and then the moon crashes, yeah. and then you do the song of time. And you go back to the beginning. I thought so. Um, no, and if you make it to the end of uh, the seventy two hours with rescuing, uh, ev- uh, rescuing everyone or completing all the missions, one or the other. Um, and then, uh, you get another like 12 hours, uh, uh, in, in the game to do like the last little bit of story mission and all of that. I, I believe it's a, a five to one like time relationship. So, okay. uh, 20, 20 minutes, no 15, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 12 minutes in real life is an hour in the game. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, you know, when, hmm. when you get through like those sequence of events, uh, you can, you sort of have to see like how much you've gotten done in that time. And then sort of start the game again. So this is the beginning of this game. I have seen maybe 30 times. Wow. Right. Um, j- just by like, you know, and every time you're like, all right, here we go. We're starting off on a new run. Very much like uh, Hades right now okay. or like any roguelike game where you're just like, all right, we're starting a new one. Let's this will be the one where we focus on rescuing everyone. Or this is the one where we kill all the psychopaths. Um, so I which is just my long winded way of saying um I was around for, you know, discrete runs of yes. the game. And like, cause you get to a point where when Frank dies, we're like, that's just the end. Like, yeah, it's just a game over and you just start it again. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't really remember if there was like extra lives or anything like that. God. I have I mean, no maybe, idea. Maybe there was, maybe what I'm thinking of is that there are so many of the missions uh you can fail right yes. I- including the 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 story mode uh, missions where um you you get to a point where you know there there are all these missions where it's like be here at this time and do this um and if you miss those um the rest of the story path just vanishes just doesn't happen in Dis- the game it disappears like marty's brother and sister off that picture that's right they just fade away oh. and then frank's looking at his hand and it's fading <laughs> out um and it's uh, uh, the game still uh persists though and you still have 
until the end of your 72 hour period to do whatever you want to do in the mall. Um, yeah. So like it's at that point where you have to be like, OK, do I want to continue playing this or do I want to start over and uh, actually get all the story missions? OK, dang. So this wasn't just like, oh, uh, what was what was his name again? Alex, right? Yeah. Alex, so this yeah. wasn't just like Alex showing up and like had his one playthrough like this was repeated a bunch did the Xbox stayed in my apartment, I think, all year. Whoa. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he ever took it until the end of the year, like, took it back. Dang. Uh, you were saying that, I think in our emails, and cor- cor- so correct me if I'm not remembering this right, but you're not sure if you even played this game or you, do, do you, had you <laughs> yeah. figured that out? Most, <laughs> so I, I know I have played some of this game. Yes. Um, I, I played it some uh, with Alex. Um, and then sort of my second experience with this game uh, was with my roommates in Chicago. Um, oh, yeah. And I know I, I played a fair amount of it then. But then I was playing with my buddy Andrew. Um, and uh, Andrew is a like hard nosed completionist. Will do, you know, is play, plays a game with a, a spreadsheet open on his computer. Wow. Right. Um, so it's usually easiest when we're playing like an open world game together to give the controller to him and just be like, okay, this is how we're playing the game. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I have mostly uh, spectated this game, mm. um, but I have also played a fair amount of it because it's look, we haven't even gotten into like what the gameplay of, of this thing yeah. is. Um, but it it's a magical formula where you are running around a mall killing zombies yeah. uh, and you kill them with, whatever everything's a weapon and there are weapons everywhere so like um you can pick up uh, a two by four or there there are like toy guns in the game yes. <laughs> that are totally ineffective or like you can get big head masks that you just like put on zombies heads and they stagger <laughs> around um and you know the 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 goal and you know you can also like there's <laughs> there's a lawnmower there's a ton of creative ways to kill zombies in this game uh, and it's just colorful and bright and fun. Um, and it's always, it's just, it's just super satisfying. Absolutely. It's, it seems pretty from what I could remember. And I, I, I actually found the old disc and I have it. So I got to, Whoa. I booted it up the other day. I'll just, so for the listener, obviously we're on a, we're on a video zoom and I'll show you the old case. Yes. Hell yes. That <laughs> this is technically not even mine, but my friend, who I can't remember which friend I watched it play. I watched play it, but it was either Mackenzie or Brad in a dorm room. Uh, or actually, technically, it wasn't a dorm. It was a different type of living space, but a college environment. Yeah, they're all dorms. Okay, we called them residence halls. Thank you. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, so this was a dorm, and it also was before I had an Xbox, which the only one I ever had was a uh, the 360 that I've got plugged in over here. But they were playing it. And I ended up because his Xbox, like the next year, got the Red Ring of Death. He just gave me all of his games. He like was like, you know what? I'm done playing video games. Do you want to just take mine? And so I've got probably like 20 pretty solid Xbox 360 games. And that's That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, totally fantastic. So I, I actually tried to stream it. Saturday night and I played about 30 minutes and then the disc had an error. So I was like, all right, oh, I'll call it for the night. Um, but so I had somewhat of a similar experience and I truly don't know if I had ever picked it up before the other day, which is so strange. Cause I feel like I've seen so many of these images before. Um, yeah. let's sort of like get into what, what you remember being like fun about this game and what you really enjoyed. You sort of started to touch on it, but, um, where do you want to go from there? 
Um, well, I, I mean, I, for me, I think the thing that truly like sets this game uh, apart, like it is a totally successful open world game, even though the scale of the open world is just a mall, mm-hmm. like a shopping mall. Right. Um, which sounds like it would be too small and probably by today's standards is yeah. right. Like the, the Willamette mall is not as big as Hyrule. It just isn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it feels very big and, uh, like learning your way around that mall There's definitely a time in my life where that is the shopping center that I knew best was the fictional (laughs) (laughs) shopping center in Dead Rising. Wow, we spend so many times in video games, man. It's too much, man. (laughs) Um, And it's something that causes me like genuine psychic pain to be like, oh, I don't know my way around that mall anymore. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But the, the, the game is also just like chock full of um story beats and mm-hmm. just like sort of incidental story which is I- incredible just like tiny little vignettes of different people that you can rescue and uh you know just different little encounters that Frank has um in the mall and they're all just like you know a, pes- a pastiche of like zombie movie encounters yes um Nothing is original in here. You fight a crazy clown named Adam and it's like, okay, whatever. He's just, you know, he's Pennywise, but he's juggling uh, chainsaws, yeah. uh, which uh, a perfect improvement, by the way. Yeah, that is the only change that should have ever been made to Pennywise is adding <laughs> right. two chainsaws to him. I think three, right? Because he's proper juggling. You know what? If he's juggling, it has to be more than two. It probably, it probably does. <laughs> Although with chainsaws, I think you give a little leeway. It's impressive no matter what you're doing. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, there's uh, there's like the Vietnam vet in the hardware store who's yes. gone crazy and like you got to fight him. Um, and this sort of like ongoing um, like the, the the mystery behind the zombies like goes back to um, like wasps inside the heads of cows or something. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 one of those like oh, you weren't content to have just like eh, it's a virus and everyone's gone crazy. Yes, the, it's I think. Yeah, you're right. It is like, oh, some virus wasps stung some cows and then a bunch of people ate that meat. Yeah, because it's it's something about like meat consumption. Yeah. And like making, uh, raising cattle, something. It's it's a convoluted story. Um, And, you know, you're you're not really there for like the ongoing story. You're sort of just there for the like moment to moment narrative that you're making yourself. Yes. Um, And there's. You know, I, I was trying to wrap my head around um, why why zombie things are successful. Like, what, what do we like about them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it just has to do with the sort of, uh, like, survival fantasy, yes. right? Like, you always want to think, like, what would I do in, in a zombie apocalypse scenario, you know? Yeah, it's everyone's problem like that, walking into, like, a Lowe's. Yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, like, interesting. Right. I could use that in this. Mm-hmm. Right, scoping out the exits too, yeah. and be like, okay, where wouldn't other people think to come in? And then, for how some would reason- I barricade my apartment <laughs> building? <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, Dead Rising like gives you the ability to uh, sort of act that out and like play play that out mm. in a mall setting because it is surprisingly open. You can go chase after super effective weapons. You can go to Adam first thing, kill him, and take his juggling chainsaws, and then you've got chainsaws for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, so like it is very much, uh, it creates that sort of what would I do in this scenario feeling to me? Like it, it just feels like a very, uh, like self-insert open world kind of experience. Yes. Uh, that's so true. I think that can kind of, it also just works because that's harder and in 
in a game like Zelda or like Breath of the Wild to be like, yes, I can put myself in the shoes of, uh, don't get me wrong, well, that's maybe my favorite game ever, but like <laughs> yeah, as far as game. being a scenario that you could realistically experience, you're probably not going to, it's a little harder to relate to a hero who wakes up after 100 years than it is, I don't know, some guy in a zombie apocalypse. Because also this is 2006, like a little before The Walking Dead came out. So we were ready for zombie yeah. stuff. We we were definitely ready for zombie stuff. It's a little, it's, uh, is it after 28 days later and before 28 weeks later? I couldn't tell you. So I'll say, yeah. I think it's, it's some, it's somewhere, it's somewhere like right in there too. So like zombie stuff isn't, uh, totally coming out of nowhere mm-hmm. but like we are the pump is being primed at this point yes um and <laughs> i mean it's uh keji inafune is such a you know light and fun video game producer and has such a sense of humor um and like this game reflects that sense mm-hmm. of humor and you know you, you mentioned like uh how do you put yourself in link shoes that's hard um but frank west is look He's got an ugly mug. Uh, he does. He's he's like the only exomorph in any video game ever. Like he's a heavy set dude. Um, like not fat or anything, but just like you know, uh, doesn't have the. Yeah, he's a stocky guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a receding hairline and bad hair. Yeah, and like you're you're just like he is an everyman in a way that uh, video games just don't ever do. Yes. Right? They always want to give you like a, a hero or an idealized whatever. Frank is a crass opportunist. He's there to take pictures and sell them to a newspaper or yes. something. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, ugly, disaffected. Um, and just, he is an everyman. And then you're in a mall as it's crumbling. And like, you've been in crumbling malls before. You are, yep. you are, uh, uh, you live in the United States in the 21st <laughs> century. You've seen this already. Um, and it just feels very uh, everything about it is really relatable. And then there are zombies. Yes. And then there's that. Um, <laughs> so for you, uh, what was, if you can remember, like, what were some of the things about it? And I could probably even just name a few that had you coming back to this game over and over because, or at least had people coming back to this game. Was it the, you know, choosing your own adventure and doing these missions? Was it like, Hey, this time I want to find a bunch of samurai swords and go wild with the weapons. Um, do, do you remember anything that stuck out to you in that way? Yeah. So, I, I mean, th- there are a couple things, right? Like the the game also has, this is, uh, you know, sort of early in the um, Xbox achievements uh, life cycle, oh, yeah. right? Um, so it, this may have been one of the first like big games to actually feature them huh. now that I'm thinking about it. Um, didn't research that at all. So it might not be true. Yeah, but it might be true. Um, but so, yeah, like this was the first game that I remember being aware of there being like a sort of meta tracking system for, um, you know, bigger ideas. Uh, one of which being there, there is an achievement in this game called zombie genocider, wherein <laughs> you have to kill, uh, it's like 53,000 and change zombies, um, which represents the population of the city of, uh, Willamette. Oh, Wow. And it's an absurd, it's an absurdly high number of zombies to kill in, in, in one playthrough. And you have to like do it on purpose. You have to go to the parking garage, get in a car and just run over zombies for hours. Um, but, uh, I, I feel like the, those sort of like little, like I said, sort of meta challenges Mm -hmm. within the game were some of the things that kept, uh, my friends and I coming back to it where it's like, okay, this time let's accomplish this. Yes. That's Um, fun. yeah, and I mean the game is just so good at like offering you those, uh, offering that to you. There is a, uh, a a version or a mode in this game called survival mode, 
um, where time passes in real time, and there is an achievement for um, finishing uh, finishing seventy two genuine hours Whoa. in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is you know in, in survival mode, so Frank's health also just like gradually goes down. Oh wow! Um, so you always have to be uh, and and items don't respawn is the other thing too. Oh, okay. Um, so so it's a it's you it's a real you have to. Um, the, the way my buddy Andrew and I, uh, tackled this one was to, uh, go to every food court, grab all of the orange juice we could cause orange juice will restore your health. Um, and go outside to this like gazebo thing and hang out on the roof and just let time pass. Um, because <laughs> zombies cannot climb up to the top of that roof. And that's really funny. That's like an, uh, an ingenious way to survive and a smart way to survive like a zombie apocalypse. It's like, yeah, let's just like get away from them and not get, get into away. trouble. Get some orange juice. <laughs> oh, um, but what happens uh, is, or what happened to us anyway, was, uh, you know, health, health running down, um, uh, running out of orange juice. Um, and it was something obscene. Like there were 15 minutes left until we were going to finish this thing. And Andrew was like, we can't stay here. He's going to die. Oh. Um, and we're like, okay, well, let's go back in. I think there's probably some baguettes we didn't pick up, you know, somewhere. <laughs> um, and, you know, so we're like running around, like hacking through zombies. Um, and then Isabella, 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 I think it's Isabella. I think you're right. Rides in on a motorcycle <laughs> and just runs us the fuck over. <laughs> and we do not accomplish this survive 72 no hours. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, that, I think that was the last time I played this game. That is... There are moments in video games that yeah. where you're just like, all right, I'm going to set down the controller and I never need to see this thing again. Yep. That is so funny. I feel like I had a moment in video games like that recently. What was it? Well, I've been, Ooh, I've love been, these, I love these stories. <laughs> I've been playing a lot. I mean, of course, because 3d all-stars came out, even though I own those games on the original hardware, I got it. Uh, mm -hmm. Nintendo got me. I mean, what was I going to do? Not play these on switch. Uh, oh, of course, of course you were. Uh, and you know, like not the ideal, uh, presentation that I would have liked. We can talk about that all day, but I'm happy to have them. But playing through those hundred coin stars in 64 and some of them like on rainbow ride, I would just, Ugh, that's a tough one. Kept doing it over and over and it's tough. So it was like, not to the degree where I was doing it for 72 hours and had the game kill me <laughs> like <laughs> Isabella did. But oh, uh, those sometimes you, I can only help but be like, you know, this is so, this took the wind out of my sails so much. I just have to laugh about it and not get frustrated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a real, like, I, you know, I, I'm out <laughs> like yeah. washing my hands of this. Um, and then like, uh, I think the, uh, like kind of interesting thing, for me is that I never even went back to this series. Okay. Um, gotcha. So like uh, for me, dead rising is just dead rising one. Yeah. Um, I know there are other games, uh, but like, you know, n none of them have the, uh, the Inafune, uh, influence. Um, he's only a producer on, on the first okay. one. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I know that they are also silly, um, in the same way that the original dead rising is, um, but I feel like there's just like an element of that magic that's that doesn't return in the sequels. Yes. Uh, and, you know, there are so many games out there that uh, anytime you can be like, I don't need to play those. It's probably a healthy thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great point. Truly. Um, did you have favorite weapons that you remember or like 
sort of shortcuts for yourself that you would take or do in this game? Like since you played it a bunch, yeah. that's I'm kind of curious as to like what things you maybe return to multiple times. Well, I already shared my num- my number one tip and or trick, which is get on top of that gazebo. Gazebo. <laughs> Just stay up there. Um, no, you know, I in, in trying to remember like the the actual like strategies mm-hmm. and like actually playing the game. Um, I, I have very fuzzy. Like I do remember like go after katanas. Katanas are useful. Yes. Um, and the handgun is fun because mm-hmm. you can fire it like four times and then throw it at the enemy. And that's funny. Love it. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know the, the, the parts of the game that really stick with me are, uh, you know, trying to like run back to the safe room with, um, with people that you're rescuing and like just hearing them, like <laughs> them getting like constantly attacked, you have to run back and save them. Um, and hearing them shout, this is another one of those voice clips that I hear over and over again in oh, my yes. head, uh, where they go, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, is, is, is a great one. And also them going, Frank, uh, is another, <laughs> when they're trying to get your attention. Um, and then Otis calling you on your, uh, uh on your like walkie talkie all the time. Uh, and if you hang up on him, cause you can hang up on, on Otis when he calls you. Um, that he'll call you back and be like, now, Frank, don't hang up on me. That's rude. Too funny. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, wow. but I, I I, wish I could. I Honestly, I think it's the katanas, mm-hmm. chainsaws, and uh, just handguns and hucking the, uh, the gun with their head when you're gotcha. done. That sort of stuff can be, like when we have these sort of conversations, can be hard to remember unless like you were able to jog your memory this week and play it. Like some yeah. of those things are just so far back in our memory banks and it's just hard to remember all of them. Yeah. Well, and you know, I've got all of these memories, all these fun memories of playing the game with friends. Yes. And I'm like, well, I could either remember information about the game or remember my friend. Yes. You're making the right, the, the, I'm making the right choice. choice. Uh, that's fantastic. I think uh, what I had forgotten, a uh, re re researching the game. Uh, I guess I could just say researching the game uh, and then playing it a little <laughs> bit was, mm-hmm. I completely forgot that there was a whole like rescue element to it where you're trying to help the other people survive. And that seems like really crazy and difficult to me. I remembered it as like, oh no, you're just like running through this mall using benches to like crush zombies, like yeah. having to do like escort stuff. That is tough. And the AI, I guess, is famously just bad. Oh yeah. They run into crowds of zombies and then cannot defend themselves at all. And you can give them weapons, right? Yeah, They're just not can. very good with them. They, they can <laughs> yeah. even shoot you with like a gun. If you give That's them right. a gun to defend themselves, that might hit you. Mm-hmm. This is just oh. a really great PSA for uh, gun safety. Yeah. So don't arm them with guns. Give exactly. them something else. <laughs> um, but another uh, another thing that I, I remember when, when we finally wrapped our heads around this, it was like, oh, this is how you play the game. Um, there are books in the game that give you various buffs um, oh. to make uh, weapons or healing items more effective. And every single one of those buffs changes like your approach to any situation. Like okay. they are powerful enough that like it really fucking matters which books you've read. Oh. So uh, if I were playing the game now, I would pull up like a list of where all the books are and start with the books. Yes. Good to know. Cause I, I think I want, I don't play a lot of scary games. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm very much a Frady cat. Uh, so like I've never played a Resident Evil. I've, uh, <laughs> which is one, I've never played a Silent Hill except for research for a podcast I did like two weeks ago, but I kind of want to play this one 
like and play it through just the re- main campaign. And so that's very helpful to know. Thank you. Um, you said that they have uh, re-released this on uh, PlayStation 4? Yes. they. Interesting. Interesting. Yes, very Connor. interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you do with that what you will, Patrick. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I, I imagine you, you know, right before you're going to bed, you're brushing your teeth and that's just going to come into your mind again. You're going to be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I have to I have to play through all of Dead Rising. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Here's the thing. I love Frank West. Um, mm-hmm. that he is a character that uh, now when he pops up in other stuff um, that I am just absolutely delighted by. I'm, I'm a big uh, fighting game guy. Um, so his appearance in Tatsunoku versus Capcom and Marvel versus Capcom 3 um, are, were huge for me. I love seeing Frank West in a fighting game. I, I want to see more of it. He should be in Smash. Uh, oh Frank my West goodness. for Smash. Frank West for Smash. That is so mm-hmm. crazy. I didn't know he made it into f- any fighting games. That's incredible. Two separate Marvel or uh, yeah, Capcom versus games. Yeah. Wow. And truly not like a character I would have expected they, for them to pull. No. Wow. No, because it's weird. And he yes. takes pictures in both of them. This is something that we're not even talking about. Oh, the yeah. game has uh, like a necessary photo mode. Part of your objectives during the game is to take photographs um, and they are scored on like different dimensions of like this one's action packed and this mm-hmm. one's dramatic and this one's gory and this one's erotic. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is a boob like or a it, butt. Usually. Which is a boob or a butt or a crotch. You <laughs> or can get crotch. the crotch too. <laughs> There is uh, one of the missions, one of the like uh, survivor missions um, uh, is a a woman named Cheryl who you rescue, who asks you to take sexy pictures of her. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Too funny. Yeah, it's awful. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I did not see that coming. Uh, Amazing. Um, Yeah, I can't believe there's so much that'll happen. We'll have discussions about games on the show. Like we were talking about. Luigi's Mansion, the franchise Luigi's Mansion yesterday on uh, Super NPCs, which uh, if you check it out on our Patreon, I'll talk about that later. But <laughs> we for completely forgot in the third game that they introduced that like plunger shot. Like, oh, yeah, I and we talked, we were like, have we covered? Did we touch all the new additions of this game? And then today I texted Jeremy and was like, hey, man, we should do a debug for next episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, the photo mode is so funny. I and they kind of get you used to it when you're flying in on that helicopter mm-hmm. to take pictures, but interesting. Um I feel like we've gotten to chat about so much about your experience with this game and what you loved. Um so before I move on to a couple fun segments to end the show with, Patrick, was there anything that you didn't get to share that you wanted to wrap up about either of those kind of sides to this uh, experience of the game? I mean, I think we I think we pretty much got it. I think we have been through all the extent of my experience with dead rising. I just, I don't know what it really is um, about the game that sets it apart um, from other open world games or other zombie games or even other dead rising games, but it it just, it feels like lightning in a bottle to me. And you know, some of that is probably based on, I was playing it with friends uh, at at a time when I was seeing friends all the time, instead of being bad at socializing (laughs) as an adult in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, the game will always hold a, a special place in my heart. Um, I, as discussed, have never been an Xbox guy, mm-hmm. um, but this is one of my you know like top five games of all time for wow. sure. That's ah, uh, that's awesome to hear. Uh, it's I also you know really hang on to special memories of games often because of the the shared experience and like 
just watching them like me, like watching this, my friends play this game, the fall of that year, like as we were getting into the walking dead was like, it was just so awesome. It was so great. Yeah. And yeah, and the, the, those social memories are just I- I- incredible. And you know, like I mentioned, um, Alex, and then I mentioned, uh, you know, playing with a Washingtonian when I was playing this yes. in college, but like, you know, I played this game with Drew. I played this game with art. I played this game with Chelsea. I played this game with Susan. I played this game with April. I played it with Nora. Like these are, oh. you know, s- some people who are so important to me are still important to me but were super important to me at, at the time. And like, that's what the game is. The game is my relationship with the, those people. That's fantastic. I mean, that's why like I started the show was uh, my first guest. Like she, when we hung out for the first time, she saw my Super Nintendo mini and was like, does that have Donkey Kong Country on it? And turns out her and her sister played that when they were growing up. It was the only game she ever played, but she was obsessed with it. And it's like, well, that's, I always knew I wanted to do a show, but I didn't know what it was. And then that moment happened and I was like, oh, that's the show is yeah. sitting down with someone and hearing about, you know, their connection to the game, but also people. So that's awesome. And and thank you for sharing all of that. That was really fantastic. Um, yeah, I do have two fun segments for you at the end of the show. Yes. Our uh, our our post game segments. We should just call this like the DLC. I never I've never decided I've never taken the time to come up with a name for yeah, that's tough for, for like, uh, is it end game content? New- is it post game content? Yeah, it's, it's definitely like post game content, like way more similar to like the trials that you have in Breath of the Wild than like a whole new story beat. Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. It's probably not the best comparison, but here we are. So, uh, the first one that we do is of course the fact me by your game segment. And Patrick, this is a segment where I just tell facts at my guests uh so these could be anything from uh easter eggs to development history unlockables secrets uh you might even know a few of these yourself so the first one that uh this is available in a bunch of places but i guess the first place i found it was ign's wiki and this is we're going to talk about some mega unlockables uh you talked about earlier this is of course made by capcom and inafune worked on mega man he was the producer or director you said yeah kj inafune who is the uh producer of of this game um and is one of the like lead creative voices uh in from mega man's like two through all of the nes ones and a lot of like the mega man x games Mm. and even the uh the zero games and Mega Man Legends. Wow. Uh, he's also the guy that spun off into his own thing and made um, Mighty Number no. Nine, which kind of oh. a flop. Um, but like that's that's him. That's the guy who like is Mr. Mega Man. Okay. Well, well, that just lines up perfectly. So you feel like you set it up in a way I couldn't. So um, in the Colby's Movie Land area of Paradise Plaza, the the at the mall, um, you can find a Mega Man helmet and. A, a Mega Man buster that shoots out some sort of toy ball. You can also get some Mega Man tights that you, I guess, have to kill 10 psychopaths, which is apparently really hard to do, and unlock after beating the game. Um, the last thing I'll share before well, I ask... Yeah, go for it. There's also a real Mega Buster that you can unlock. Yes. And I believe you unlock it by a- accomplishing the j- zombie genocider accomplish- or achievement that I mentioned earlier in the show. Um so in well the normally you encounter this thing and it's just a toy like the cannon that mega man has on his arm (laughs) you can get a real version of it so which is honestly an incredible addition to this game like (laughs) as far as dream weapons yeah mega man's buster (laughs) is up there and yeah i think it's i have right here it's fifty three thousand five hundred and ninety four zombies 
and then you can gain access to the real Mega Buster, which is just, I cannot imagine how long, how many hours that would take, but it's gotta I mean, be a it, lot. It, it ends up being not so bad when you just get a car and start running them over. Okay. Like, it, it still takes several hours to do, but like it's, you know, maybe like three or four of nonstop running over yes. zombies. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Um, so um, but there, there are a couple uh, Mega Man Legends references in, in the game, too, that there are some of then uh, this is a game I've not played. So <laughs> so forgive me. But there are uh, there are um, characters in that game that look like little uh, Lego guys, you know, like they've got that oh, minifigure yeah. head um, and that that head is like a mask that appears in the game that you can put on zombies heads. Oh, see, that's like your own fact for this fact me by your game segment, because I didn't even find that. That's incredible. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm interjecting too much. No, in the no, fact no, no. You're not, no th- like I, I much more in, usually enjoy a back and forth during this than me just shouting the facts. So please, <laughs> it's very welcome. Uh, the second fact for you today is that there's actually a secret game intro, which this comes from a YouTube uh, channel called Captain Egg Salent. So look him up everybody. But I noticed, I found this actually organically the other day because I had loaded up the game and before I was ready to stream, I was moving in and out of the room. And then I realized the video that was playing was the secret opening. And it follows a mother and daughter driving down together in a highway yes. in Wilmette. Do you yes. remember this now? Yeah, I do. It's it's creepy and scary. Uh, it seems way more like uh, like a horror movie than the rest, of, than a lot of the game does, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like crash or something. Yeah, and there's they, like a zombie exactly like a, they're driving down the road she's she's trying to get her daughter to not look out of her like big trucker hat she's like shielding her eyes and then yeah a semi like swerves and the back of it hits their car and then like the mom get knocked gets knocked out and then a zombie shows up at the door yeah so yeah, it's pretty yeah, yeah so but it's like a little secret scene that i guess if you were ready to play your game and press start or a or whatever you might miss it um, yeah, but it's just a little bit of color, right? Like it's it's nothing that uh, really affects the story necessarily. As far as I could tell, yes, that is the case. Yeah. Um, and then the last fact for you today is that there are even more Capcom references. Uh, there are several books in this game that make direct references. These are found like in the shops that if you use your camera, you can see them much more closely. For example, there is a fighting street book based on uh, obviously- sure. Street Fighter, the the I believe that's the name, that's the Japanese na- translation. Well, to English, or the original one. And then there's Rock Rockman, referring to the Japanese name for Mega Man. And then lastly was a there's a biography of Kenzo Sushimoto, which is the chairman and CEO of Capcom since 2001. So oh. just some fun little things that if you decide to poke around the mall, that you can find too. Um, but that's the end of the ca- the factory by your game segment, and I'll bring you to the game recommendations segment. Now, th- this segment, Patrick, is inspired by the movie Call Me by Your Name. It's my one, like, very forced connection to it. So here, mm-hmm. I will be recommending games to you as if your last relationship, or your passionate relationship, was with Dead Rising. So these are potential new partners for you, because at the end of, I don't know if you have you seen the film. Call me by your name. I've I've not seen well, uh, Call Me by Your Name. Spoiler alert, but they don't end up together. And no! so I know, I know. So sad. But those Sufi and Steven songs are so uplifting and positive. You know, <laughs> you'd think that'd be the case. Uh but um anyway, I was just wondering at the end of the movie, like, okay, who does this character date next? Like, would they date someone 
uh, eerily similar to Army Hammer's character? Would it be like a wild swing left just because I've seen people in my life and in my own mm-hmm. life that, you know, the, those those are not as easily predictable. So that's why we're here. Um, the first one, Patrick, is that if you like the zombie ac- apocalypse but want it to break your heart, my recommendation would be The Last of Us. Yeah. And of course, you probably have played some of these games before, if oh, not yes. all of them. Um, but if that's like this, really what you want. This will be fun if uh, if I've played all of these games. This will be fun. I don't. Th- I think that's probably happened before. I try to mix them up, but like that's probably the one that is the most predictable here. Uh, then if you want another game where you can use almost anything in your environment, like we said, you could pick up just about anything and use it as a weapon, um, then I would recommend to you Katamari Damacy. Uh, have you played that one? I've played a little Katamari Damacy, yeah. uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I was struggling when it came out on, on Switch um, and I, I was oh, having yeah. a tough time with the controls. It's not one that I played when it came out on um, PS2 originally, so I don't have any of that like built in sort of um, nostalgia for it. I respect uh, the weirdness of the game yes. and that soundtrack fucking slaps. So um, it is a game I should go back to. I too respect the weirdness of it. Uh, I just want to be clear that the listeners all know that. Um, I haven't played it either, but yeah, if that's a thing you loved about this game, then it's a totally different take on that. And then lastly, Patrick, if you need yourself a photojournalist snapping pictures of creatures, then there's no other game to recommend than Pokemon Snap on the <laughs> Nintendo 64. So uh, did you play <laughs> that one? Uh, I, that is a game that I have rented. I know for sure. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Pokemon guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that would have been around the time that I actually was playing Pokemon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, uh, ne- ne- never really got into snap. I'm, I'm excited to see what the new one is going to be Same. like, uh, whenever that comes out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good point. I hadn't thought that like, maybe what I'm missing is a game where I play as a photographer. Maybe that's a part of the whole that's in my life right now. Maybe that's that. And you know, I don't want to suppose too much, but I think it probably is the whole that's there. (laughs) 100%. That's what it is. Uh, It's a really good, this would, this is the exact type of game that I'm like, we just need to have this on like a virtual console or on a switch online. Even if it was like 15 bucks, like it's a really fun, casual playthrough. So yeah, but that brings us to the end of the game recommendation segment. And Patrick, that brings us, to the end of the show. So Whoa, I know we did it. It comes at you fast, especially when you know you don't have to host. So I hope it's been nice to just sit back <laughs> and chill a little bit. But um before we go, and I please plug as much as you want, uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much again for doing this. This was really fun. Like I've said before and told you in an email, part of the reason I even was inspired to do it like my own show was because of how much fun I had listening to Nintendo Cartridge Society, and I realized I was thinking of like my ways to talk about games and like coming up with like desert Island games that I'll have to tell you about some other time that like made it super fun. So, uh, thank you for doing your show, Mark. I know you're listening, Mark. Uh, thank you <laughs> oh, so much. He jealously listens to every show I'm on. <laughs> of course. Uh, being like, oh, I could have I could have been there with him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you two just were on a really great show. So thank you for doing so. And thank you for being here. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Th- thank you for saying it, Connor. Um, it's uh, uh, honestly, I, I do think, you know, one, one of the things uh, about Nintendo Cartridge Society that we decided early on um, was like, we don't have any special access to games. 
Um, we don't have any like press credentials. We've gone to E3, uh, but like that's actually way easier to do than you might think. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the the thing that we the thing that we know that we can bring to the show, uh, and the only thing that we have that no one else has is Mark and Patrick. Yeah. Um. So like the the that's sort of what I recommend to anyone uh, is like if you're interested. And look, there are a million video game podcasts out there. It doesn't mean that it's not wouldn't be fun for you to talk about video games. So like, you know, figure out if if that's something you want to do, like figure out what you bring to it. And even if that thing is just that you are you and no one else is you Mm -hmm. like fucking do it. There's value to that. And it's fun. And like, that's what people respond to is you being you because there's not a lot of people being themselves, you know? There's so much, especially in the video game sphere of people being like, oh, we cover everything or like we represent the aggrieved fucking gamer. And like, there's just so much shit out there that like, uh, you know, yes, uh, Connor, do this positive show. (laughs) NCS, be a positive show. Other people do your good positive shows. You got you know how to do them. You can do them. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, that's great. That's great to great to hear. Uh, and great to have reinforced for me. So, so thanks again. Um, where can we find your stuff? What do you want people to, where do you want people to find you? Where do you want people sure. to not find you? Tell us. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to hear the exact opposite of me ranting about positivity, you can check out my Twitter <laughs> at, <laughs> at Patrick underscore Ellers. That's E H L E R S. Really great. Um, uh, Spider-Man tweet the other day about the oh, new Spider-Man. <laughs> that was, that was just Right up my alley. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, and it, this is again speaking to like the positivity thing, right? Yeah. That uh, people were so upset about <laughs> the uh, uh, Spider-Man PS5 face changing and being like, "That's I like the old face." Or I, I, I don't even know what people were mad I about. I know it's so um, much. It, it doesn't track to me at all. So I had a, a, a friend of mine uh, Photoshop my face onto um, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and I just tweeted, "Oh, I hate the new Spider-Man." <laughs> Um, because <laughs> uh, you know, like everyone needs to calm down. It's just yes. fucking Spider Man. That kind of blew I up. Spider-Man they got a bunch of likes on it. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. It did. I was really happy with how that worked. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, check out the podcast Nintendo Cartridge Society. We are on all the places where podcasts are. Um, I also host a podcast with Ryan Mogi, Kelly Nugent, and Colin J. Morris called Same Day Shipping, where we talk about, uh, you know, love and relationships through the lens of uh, pop culture stuff. Uh, it's a show that frequently gets raunchy. Um, so while NCS is, uh, you know, family friendly, um, uh, SDS is not. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I guess last thing uh, is... Uh, I, I wrote the Valentine's Day issue of Transformers this year. Yes. Um, so if you want to read a sweet story about two robots in love and supporting each other through tough times, um, you can seek that out. It's on Comixology or uh, go to a comic book store and ask them to order it. They will do it. Uh, I think we could use that sort of story anytime, especially now. So you didn't know it in February, but it was going to be necessary for us to have. Well, and I wrote it October the year before. So, oh. <laughs> well, there we go. Comic books take a long time, man. You they know, take a long time. Little do we know, art is a slow process. Well, yeah. well, thank you, and thank you again. Uh, this was so much fun, and I'll go ahead and plug some stuff to close us on out. Um, you can, of course, uh, find all so much more about what we do here, uh, not only on Call Me By Your Game, but our other shows on Super NPC Radio at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Uh, and if you're looking for 
like just for example of the stuff you can find there, we have a weekly show called Super NPCs hosted by myself and Jeremy where we just talk about whatever we want. We'll have we'll pick a topic like we did a whole episode on Nobuo Uematsu recently. We're doing a lot of Halloween themed stuff so we did like biggest fears for the video game industry, which is a, which is a lot of like a lot of Nintendo like are they gonna do this moving forward uh it's really fun and if you ever what if they bring back the virtual boy oh that would that's the scariest thing i can imagine um (laughs) in this current world uh and uh, yeah so we do a lot of fun stuff of course there's the call me by your game co-op where i sit down with you know more than just one guest usually two to three and we do a deep dive um and all this stuff is available as previews uh specifically for the co-op so if you want to check that out before you know, throwing down money on a Patreon. I've got that for you. So check out just the feed. You should be able to find it. Um, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. You should listen to his show. Video games, a comedy show, more of a round table style, very fun podcast. Our cover art is by at Glenn.j on Instagram. And then you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. I sometimes stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool. 69. That'll do it for the end of this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. There's a dark side to this story. Sister, don't get me wrong. Broken hearts just linger here in a country song. Some young kids dropping quarters, pushing buttons right and wrong.